morning everybody happy i don't believe it day and welcome to the news agenda with me fleet street fox and today i'm joined by my fellow mirror columnist darren lewis morning darren morning morning how are you Fine, thank you. So this is the People's Pay-Per-View. So get into the comments, ask us your questions. We'll do our best to answer them for you. Those of you listening later on podcast are just going to have to see who you can get a knighthood for instead. <laughs> so what have we got for you today? Well, the Mirror has splashed on a shocking report which says 11 million people last year couldn't get dental care as dentists leave the NHS in droves over a contract that doesn't reward them for doing more work. We're going to discuss that later. But first, I want to uh, talk about the latest revelations from the Hancock WhatsApp files on page two of today's paper, where Britain's top civil servant recruited by Boris Johnson, working and partying alongside him during the pandemic, Simon Case, uh, is caught out saying he is a nationally distrusted figure and shouldn't be the one sent out to persuade people of the seriousness of COVID. Now, Darren, this isn't really telling us what we don't already know, but it's amazing <laughs> that this guy was firstly prepared to work for Boris in this case, but secondly, kept sending him out to persuade people of the seriousness of COVID. Just let that happen without saying someone else should be doing it. Do you know, Sarah, it would be laughable if it wasn't so serious and if so many of us weren't adversely affected by what had happened at that time, if so many of us hadn't um, had friends, loved ones who had had to spend time alone, in many cases die alone, not be able to attend funerals. And then you've got this web of lies uh, and, and misleading statements and conflicting interests from people who just find it so difficult to be honest with us and listen all this stuff about Boris not being trusted if we deal with that separately we know what do we know well Boris he broke the rules then sorry he announced the rules then he broke the rules then he denied that he'd broken the rules and yet he and they were all trying to get us to live our lives in a specific way and I always think about that ad campaign they had at the time look into their eyes and tell them that you're adhering to the rules. Mm. And yet, all the time, they were partying. All the time, they were surrounded by bottles of wine and having these work events. And, and you know, we can split hairs of what they were, what they were not. But anyone with a pair of ears and eyes can see and knew what was going on. So when Simon Case comes out and starts to tell us about Boris not being trusted, I think he should have a long look, pardon the pun, in the mirror. Well, yes, lots of people could do with seeing more in the mirror, but that's why we've on YouTube. So people don't see us. <coughs> can find out what we're talking about anyway. Um, now, I can remember that it was said at the time that the COVID messaging couldn't be down to the shysters in government. Uh, Chris Whitty, the, I think that the um, SAGE, the technical group of experts, were giving reports when they were published at show. They were saying, you can't let politicians do the, the messaging on this because people don't listen to them enough. Uh, but you know, people in government being scumbags without self-awareness that they are, they went ahead and did it anyway because they wanted to claim the credit for various things. And that had a knock-on effect that meant people in communities which were not represented in government just didn't have the same vaccine uptake as people who perhaps were more represented in government, i.e. minority communities, people mm. who just automatically distrust anyone from Eton, as opposed to people who think people from Eton must be you know they must be very clever and i'm going to do what they say 
So that had a real world impact, didn't it, Darren? It wasn't just a case of someone being a bit too posh to be believable, a bit naughty. The fact was he was so widely distrusted by so many millions of people and he was allowed to run the whole thing. That would have killed people. It would have killed a lot of people in minority communities. Well, absolutely. I mean, listen, I, I don't want to say anything that's going to offend anyone. So I won't refer specifically to the language that Boris Johnson, Boris Johnson is on record as having used relating to people who look like me. I won't refer yeah. to the references to people from certain community that he used, that he was invited to apologize for, and he rejected those opportunities to roll back on that kind of language to condemn it. You know, even before the European Championships, when he was asked, uh, the, the football, when he was asked to maybe condemn the people who were boo booing the taking of the knee, and he's, he didn't want to get involved in all of that. And so he, this is a man who created a culture around him uh, that left many people to feel that he was not representing them. And so if he were to go out, and, and even, you know, uh, it's just come to mind, Susie, when that priority list for the vaccine was actually released, I remember at the time asking, if there are so many black and brown people who are dying around the country, particularly in the NHS, why are they not on the priority list? And that was a big part. And I remember playing a part, writing for the Mirror, speaking and, and asking, you know, saying to people, look, take the vaccine, your health depends on it. Uh, it isn't just for other demographics, it's for us too to be able to protect ourselves. Whatever you do or don't think of the vaccine, it is important to make sure that your health is prioritised. And yet... The government were basically saying to all of these people, you don't matter, a government over which Boris Johnson presided. And mm -hmm. Boris Johnson, with his language, with his rhetoric, with his hostile environment, and all the other things that he was doing to basically say to people, black, brown people, you're not important, suddenly was trying to push this message uh, that yes we do care about you we do want you to take the vaccine when everybody looked at him and said no thank you I'm all right and that as you rightly say will in many cases have cost lives and what do you think everybody do you think this is a bit unfair on Boris Johnson the fact that he had a, a reputation for being a bit loose with some of his words does that mean that you distrusted him on the vaccine did it mean that when it came to the vaccine it was something you just put aside because you knew he was being briefed by the scientists and you had faith in them perhaps I don't know get into the comments and let us know um, but now quite astonishingly there is something at the bottom of this story that I want to discuss because it is I, I don't know any way to talk about it except to say something that rhymes with buck a duck um, <laughs> which is that quite astonishingly it's not from the whatsapps that have been released but this is news that came in yesterday Boris Johnson's resignation honours lists which contains so many unexpected uh, recommendations for an honour. It's taking a long time to get approved. He's nominated his own dad, Stanley, for a knighthood. That's him. Right. Now, this is a man whose achievements involve breaking his wife's nose, repeatedly cheating on his family, spawning a shed load of Johnsons that we could probably all do without, being a go-between for Boris with Chinese politicians that he couldn't otherwise meet, and more recently spouting a load of gumph about how there's too many human beings on the planet and people should stop breeding. But of course, that doesn't apply to the Johnsons. 
Darren, does this list of, I, I'm going to call it achievements because I don't know what else I could, un, underachievements, overachievements, does this scream, you know, knighthood at you? Not really, no. I mean, Stanley Johnson, of course, basically says he is, he doesn't have any recollection of the incidents uh, that you described a second ago. But it just underlines how much Boris Johnson treated the highest office in the land like his opportunity to play fast and loose with everything. Uh, with mm. the, and it was almost like his own personal fiefdom. I don't think anybody could come up with anything substantive that Stanley Johnson has done that would warrant a knighthood. And yet for Boris Johnson to even consider pushing his father is the worst kind of warped, if you like, nepotism, uh, reverse nepotism yeah, uh, even that if, you could think of. Even if your, your dad had done something amazing, even if you like spearheaded the COVID response or something, any of us would go, this looks a bit bad. It's a bit cheeky. I don't think I'm going to get away with getting a night with my own dad. But tell you what, I'll leave a I'll leave a post-it for my successor and see if they'll do it instead. Or something. You would do something else other than reckon. You wouldn't have the brass neck. And this is the thing. Whatever the Johnson clan have underachieved at or cocked up, what they have in abundance is brass, isn't it? Mm, That's what absolutely. They've, they've got plenty of it and they don't give a damn. And the problem is that there are so many people, let's not kid ourselves across our, our political spectrum, across our media spectrum, who are willing to give credence and succor to this complete charlatan who is able to do what he does and to attempt what he does because there's always someone to act as an apologist for him. And But I think this might well be a bridge too far because of the reasons that you suggested at the top of this discussion and because of the fact that it, it would you will struggle to find anybody who could give you a single scintilla of a reason as to why this chap should get a knighthood. And if he does, then it makes a mockery of the entire system. I mean, listen, yeah. people still accept them, as, as you know, all day long. But I think as far as Stanley Johnson is concerned, what message does it send out to women if you give him a knighthood? What, knighthood? what message does it send out to all of the people who genuinely did do meritorious things if you give somebody like Stanley Johnson a knighthood? What does it say about the entire system itself if somebody who's done the things that you've said could get one? We know that lots of people have returned knighthoods in the past, but I think you might get more people uh, rejecting them if they are to be tainted by the handing of one in the circumstances that we're talking about to somebody like a Stanley Johnson. I'm sorry. Exactly. And as, as Mike says there, he gave Gavin Williamson one. No one seemed to have reasons. No one ever really understood. Uh, and his main achievement was uh, having a spider bullying people, allegedly, uh, and selling fireplaces. Terence says, doesn't he deserve it for producing the best prime minister since Churchill? No. Uh, <laughs> don't, you don't get a knighthood for releasing sperm. Sorry. Uh, and uh, that's just how it is. Um, and I should say that while Stanley Johnson says he has no recollection of breaking his wife's nose, um, his wife remembered it quite clearly, and she told Boris Johnson's biographer before she died, although she has now died and can't be questioned about that. Um, 
lazy left eye says it amazes me he's being allowed to get away with it who the hell approves his list there is a, a, an appointments commission and they're supposed to go through it it's not definite yet as we understand it that is a suggestion but i mean the fact you could even suggest it shows boris johnson's got a real problem with reality and how people actually regard him and his family perhaps um and from stanley's point of view okay he calls himself an environmentalist he's been an mep he has done um some work uh, on Boris Johnson's behalf, I think, shuttling around past messages here, there and everywhere. Um, and he, he does consider himself sort of a campaigner for the environment, that kind of stuff. But um, Can I ask you, Susie, do you, do, you, do, you feel, do you feel as a woman, Susie, that were Stanley Johnson to get a knighthood, it would send out a message that the entire system would not want to send out? I think I think pretty much everything Boris Johnson's ever done, as far as that any of the honours, he gave his own brother a peerage. I think some of this, all of it, shows that it's a terrible situation and it's a it's a stinking corrupt system. It's been stinking and corrupt for a century. If you want to make it properly clean and tidy, it's pretty difficult because the next person who comes in might want to improve it, but to do that, they have to start weighting the House of Lords with their own guys, mm. right? use the corrupt system to do that but this yes. kind of mechanism is just astonishing i talk about a nepo baby uh nepo granddad now kerry says leave boris alone that man dealt with so so much in his time as prime minister he had brexit poor him i think that was his idea though covid okay. strikes possibly also his fault more threats he's been badly treated by this country he was so poorly with COVID and was still working from home in isolation with his pregnant from his pregnant wife. People forget all the good things he's done. They pick up one or two mistakes and then um, Kerry carries on in a way we can't include. Um, part of the reason we forget some of the good things that he's done, Kerry, is that we can't think of any. <laughs> if anybody wants to have some good things that Boris Johnson has done, and don't say Brexit because it hasn't happened because Northern Ireland hasn't left. If anyone wants to think of some good things Boris Johnson's done, let's list them in the comments, all right? We'll go through them at the end. I'm happy to read them out for you. If you think he's... I, I genuinely... No, it's a blank. Sorry. Christine says, Stanley Johnson? Words escape me. Sorry, I should do that in the tone of that milk advert, shouldn't I? Stanley Johnson? <laughs> Words escape me. Well, he did eat kangaroo anus and I'm a celebrity. Same team as Matt Hancock, I guess. Oh, God, Matt Hancock for a period next, probably. Uh, right, we do need probably. to move on. Don't rule it out. Don't we do rule need it to out. move on to the biggest story of the day, which is actually more important, perhaps. But mm -hmm. um, thank you, everyone, for taking part. Now, we need to get back to dentists, right, and those 11 million people who cannot get an treatment. Now, according to a leaked report for the British Dental Association, that includes six and a half million people who couldn't get an appointment. That is 10% of the population, right? Couldn't get an appointment. Another million for whom it was too expensive and 3.6 million who needed treatment but couldn't even find a dentist to try, to try to get it. As a result, there are people pulling out their own teeth, taking out loans to have dentistry done in Turkey, which means that dentists here won't then register them as patients to deal with them in future when they when they come home. There's lots of case studies on that page about it. Now, Darren, this isn't just cosmetic stuff. It isn't just, you know, teeth aren't a luxury that, mm. you know, get, getting them working right is just something that you can do if you're rich. If you don't get your teeth fixed when there's something wrong, there's horrible pain. You can get less nutrition. One of those case studies is reduced to just drinking soup. Um, mm. You get infections. It can kill you not going to the dentist, can't it? 
Absolutely. Um, and there's a really important quote in this piece. I've got the iPad here. Um, Health and Social Care Committee Chair Steve Bryan MP saying, people resorting to DIY dentistry, even taking out their own teeth without anaesthetic, are stories that should belong to another era. And he's absolutely right. And if you look at the screen now, they've got the, the double page spread on, on the screen. Down the left-hand side are cases of people who have resorted to having to take their own teeth out. Uh, certainly the top one, uh, which is a, a chap who's taken four of his teeth out. Honestly, it, 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 yeah. and, and there's a picture of him opening his mouth. He's 58 years of age. I won't name him, but he's 58 years of age. He's a plumber. And he basically, oh, lady, his name's all over the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just didn't want to throw him under the bus, but you're, you're absolutely right. He's obviously- He's done that already, don't worry. Um, but, but you know, it, 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 it's, it's frightening because he says, look, it's terrible when your teeth are all moving around. You're scared to bite anything. It feels like you have a mouthful of marbles. It sounds a bit medieval, but I ended up having to tie string around them and grot them out. And it's disgusting. And as you rightly say, and, and rightly say, I mean, it, it's, it's dangerous as well, but this is where we are. And the problem is that NHS dentists, they get paid a certain rate whether they do three things or 30 yeah. things you know they, they yeah, get paid yeah. a flat rate. On to that in just a sec darren you're doing you're jumping ahead to my next question <laughs> in my um so yeah there's case studies on there. there's a lady who had to get a turkey to get a whole bunch of she lost a crown and just getting it fitted in this country costs more than getting it done in turkey so when she went to turkey she actually did a load of stuff and that means now when she comes back she can't get treated yet there's a guy whose teeth were so bad he couldn't get a new set of dentures so he was relying on soup and there's grant's case there but we can currently really see in that picture he's holding up the piece of string he used to pull his teeth out he said there's blood everywhere i could remember watching an episode of huckleberry finn on the telly Right, about 19th century backwards America, and they're using string on a door handle to pull a tooth out, which is probably what some of our grandparents would have done as well. It's not what we should be doing in the 21st century, as Steve Bryan says. Now, this report is part of evidence from dentists being given to a health and social care committee inquiry into the pay deal with dentists because it is pretty bad. And as Darren was saying there, under these rules, a dentist gets paid the same for treating a patient as if they are doing one filling as if they did 20. But it takes a lot, lot longer to do 20 fillings. So it takes cost them money. Where they, if they could just see one patient that's simple treatment, right, all the time, they would make more money than if they're seeing the more complex patients. Uh, so they don't have the complex cases. And that means that dentists are going to be avoiding the areas of deprivation where people may be more likely to have dental problems. They're going to be working in areas where you have, you know, more simple cases and it's leading to this thing of dental deserts where people just cannot find a dentist near them especially if they're in urban areas if they're in poorer areas they cannot get registered with NHS dentists I mean this is just it's just not fit for purpose is it this is part of the NHS and people are going to die because of this mm. never mind suffer and become ill with other things in the long term and the rest of the NHS has to go and fix it no absolutely and, and I think that that a lot of the cases are Mark, Martin Baggett, our health correspondent, has done a superb job with this because he's the the people that he's spoken to, the ordinary people have all. There's a common thread throughout all of their stories. They simply cannot afford. 
the charges for the dental work that they need. And in many cases, for example, that, that there, there was one particular case where somebody needed a crown. They cost £120 in Turkey compared to 282 on the NHS or £600 privately. And there was uh, an implant that would have cost £540. I'm not saying all of this to advertise the, you know, the, uh, what is available abroad because clearly there are risks involved in going abroad uh, for whatever health uh, an individual might need. But that compared to £2,000 here. And there are lots of NHS dentists who say it is better, it's more worth my while actually going private and getting the associated fees with that rather than staying on the NHS. And that cannot be a good thing for the dentistry industry, the health of our nation. We've got situations where, where kids' dental hygiene isn't good enough anyway. We've got teachers in school having to brush the teeth of kids. And, and, and we are becoming a nation with horrendous dental hygiene precisely because the dentists, the people who should be looking after the nation's teeth, are not being rewarded as they should be. Yeah, I mean, if you go and get your teeth done abroad somewhere, there's no comeback if something goes wrong. Uh, it's quite possible that they've got different standards for things, and so they may have more risks of surgery and stuff like that. And, of course, as they're showing there, it means that you may just not get re-registered with a dentist. They won't treat them here because they're not teeth that have been treated according to British standards, and so they just mm. they don't want to deal with them. Um, and we've got one story there as well. Uh, the, the chap in the middle who needed new dentures, he avoided going to the dentist during the pandemic because of the risks of infection, because dentists had fewer appointments and so having to see fewer patients throughout the pandemic. And when he tr needed the new dentures after the pandemic was over and got back in touch with his dentist, he found he'd been deregistered. Mm. And uh, mm. how did that happen? You know, he must, he, the fact that he wasn't even warned about it, I find astonishing. Um, but there's an awful lot there really, isn't there? And can you imagine though, a similar pay arrangement for a doctor, Darren, if a doctor was told you're going to get paid the same for a patient, no matter what's wrong with them. So when they come to a &E, you're going to get paid the same. Well, they do because they get a salary. But, you know, they'll they, they, we, you will get paid per patient. But the complex cases are going to be paying the same amount as uh, a simple case. And therefore, you're not going to do the complex cases because you'd naturally just do the simpler ones. I mean, it just wouldn't work if it was round the other way. Why don't we have dentists on a salary like any doctors? Because they need Indeed. to treat everybody, don't they? And it's, the, it's why, as, as Martin does with his explainer, he says that high-needs patients now, the people who need a lot done, are the least welcome because for all that work, you are still, as a dentist, going to be played uh, the same amount as you would do somebody who needs maybe a filling or just to have a tooth out or something very basic. And again, is that fair? No, it's not. But as far as... listen. I, I can't remember the lady who came on a bit earlier and said Boris had to deal with strikes and this, whatever. Well, whenever people within our health profession go on strike, there's always this argument, well, this person can't get their appointment or that person can't get their appointment. But amid all of this, the people who are actually doing the work are not being catered for, not being listened to. So as far as they are concerned, the only action they, they can take 
is an economic one and say, you know what, I, instead of working for the NHS, I'm going to go into business for myself and use my expertise to be paid the kind of money that I feel I should be paid. And we haven't, Susie, even got to the issues around waiting times, which, again, Martin sets out from speaking to the many people that he has are so long that people, again, end up going to other places with all of the associated risks around that. Yeah, and before anyone sort of says that dentists are being greedy here, there has been some problems with dentists historically getting involved with the NHS, and they kind of put their dug their heels in a bit in 1947, for example, and so did doctors for that matter. Um, <clears throat> but they, you know, they did get included, and the fact is they should have been made to uh, just be a bit more welcoming there. And the fact is as well, it costs an awful lot to train to be a dentist. It costs an awful lot to set up your own practice and run it. You cannot provide that service. Um, for a decreasing amount of money every year. Nobody can. Everyone's got mortgages to pay or Indeed. rent to pay. And uh, it's not fair that someone get paid the same uh, if they're doing more work than if they're doing less work. I mean, none of us would take that if it was overtime. You get paid more. You get paid more for doing overtime, don't you, for more complex stuff. We just should and do. Uh, so that's why that's happening. But, you know, it's one of the, another thing that Boris Johnson failed to achieve anything on still waiting for some boris johnson achievements do pop them in the comments if you've got any we'd love to wrap them up at the end but first off uh, there is some good news in the world here it is now this is a story look at this this is a story about a miniature schnauzer called Freddy. He, he was as fit as a butcher's dog all right he was doing agility contests there he is in happier times down the bottom of that picture bounding over a hurdle uh, until a tumour unfortunately developed, which meant his front right leg had to be removed below the elbow. Poor Freddie. But he's 10 years old and he has now been fitted with a prosthetic, as you can see there, which means he's bounding around as good as ever. Now, Darren, is this proof that no matter how crocked we are, there's always life in the old dog yet? <laughs> I'll give you that one for free. Um, absolutely. He's 10 years old uh, and... As we were saying before the broadcast began, he looks fit as a butcher's dog, doesn't he? Uh, it's yeah. a wonderful story. And um, uh, it's his owner um, has basically given him a little ball to bound around with. The picture's great. Um, and I don't know, is it how fast will he go with this new high-tech paw? Do you think he... Well, I think I don't know if... it sounds like he's getting used to it. He's probably not doing agility contests yet, but he is able to, to run about after a ball, which is... The most important thing for any dog, pretty much. I was just thinking, it's reminding me, and I'm I'm sure lots of our viewers are a bit too young for this, but of the $6 million man um, who... Uh, <laughs> it probably cost that much for a prosthetic off a of vet. <laughs> uh, no, it just brought it to mind. I, I, I think it's... Um, I'll be very, very interested to see him in action, but I think you're right. It might well be some time before he's out and about, given... The surgery and, and all yeah. of the it just shows uh, doesn't it that uh if you if you you know don't give up there's always some kind of a fix for things uh even if you do end up having to you know pull your own teeth out with a piece of string um <laughs> perhaps what we actually need is we all need to have a vet on the nhs rather than a dentist um so we've asked for some boris johnson achievements in the comments and an echo we haven't had any have we ensued i can't think why John says Johnson's achievement was to put Labour 20 points ahead in the polls. <laughs> it's true, John, because every, every government, every successful general election 
uh, sows the seeds of the next loss to the other side, fundamentally. Um, and that's probably what Boris Johnson's done. He's done it in remarkable time. That's an achievement. I've never heard of a party go down the tubes as quickly from a landslide in 2019 to an absolute 20, 30 points behind in the polls in the space of uh, four years. Oh, that's astonishing. Uh, poor Rishi Sunak, he's got my sympathies. Um, thank you, everyone, for taking part. Thank you for explaining that to us, Darren. Um, if you're listening to us on the podcast, please leave us a review so other people can find us, share it with your friends. Uh, and we will all see you again on Wednesday for another edition of the News Agenda. Tati, bye. Bye.